0: Welcome, everybody, to this week's Science Metaverse podcast. I'm Keita Funakawa. And I'm
1: Steve Minkowski.
0: Cool. Well, as we're towards the end of the calendar year, there isn't a ton going on. Um, actually, you know, especially in the D-size space, like, I feel like news has uh, really kind of uh, gone down quite a bit. Um, but what has been on the rise recently, and I've also personally experimented with, uh, is just a ton of stuff going on in the AI space. Uh, mm-hmm. And so actually, uh, our first story here today uh, is on the Wall Street Journal, talking about how uh, AI that powers chat box and search queries could discover new drugs. Um, and so a uh, super fascinating article, basically, about um, essentially they use a similar neural net or an algorithm uh, uh, like a GPT um, and they, they used it to actually, uh, ch- uh, or they trained it with uh, protein sequence data to uh, kind of predict um, how uh, proteins could fold from just like a, uh, a fold, um, interact, I should say, from like a, a sequential, like pure sequential point of view, um, because it's kind of almost as if it's like their own own uh, language. Um, so uh, real quickly, the headline is, uh, in their search for new disease-fighting medicines, drug makers have long employed laborious trial and error processes to identify the right compounds, but what if artificial intelligence could predict the makeup of new drug molecules the way Google figures out what you're searching for? Um, that's the a new approach that uses AI techniques known as natural language processing, the same technology that enables OpenAI's G- chat GPT to generate human-like responses to analyze and synthesize proteins, which are building blocks of life and many drugs. Yeah. So we're very familiar with, I mean, you know, uh, I think the last episode, I think we'll, we'll do a 2022 recap and 2023 predictions episode. Um, But, you know, one of the biggest kind of highlights of 2022 definitely has been the rise in AI uh, and just so much that's been happening with, um, uh, you know, AlphaFold, ChatGPT, uh, you know, Meta's new kind of protein folding algorithm, things like that. Um, it, it's so, so you, easy, right? You just kind
1: of, you know, go on a website and and boom, you're, you're interacting with these latest AI algorithms. Um, you know, the fact that people are applying this to science means that, you know, you end up democratizing power of these powerful tools as well. So instead of just chatting with, you know, ChatGPT and getting a conversation, you could actually have a, you know, a specialized algorithm that could help you with, you know, determining protein sequences for, for different um, you know, shapes that you might want to make or you know, different things in protein engineering, uh, drug development. So um, I, I think it's awesome. And it really, when you have a chat window, it's great for one-dimensional text. But as soon as you get into things that fold into three dimensions like proteins and get into drug development, you really do need that immersive three-dimensional interface, right, uh, to really be interacting and understanding this data.
0: Yeah, so what do you think of kind of this approach of like analyzing, you know, protein sequences as a language?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, kind of like an alphabet, right? You know, instead of having 20, uh, you know, letters that, you know, from different words, you have 20 letters that represent 20 different amino acids. So it makes a lot of sense that you basically could recognize patterns and, um, you know, try to produce similar types of sequences for for different things like yeah it makes sense that you would um, from a bioinformatics standpoint um, you'd be able to learn from that data that's naturally found in biology
0: yeah very very exciting so I guess um, and forgive my ignorance on this I kind of you know uh, got the synopsis but it didn't really dig too deep like so are these uh, loadable into nanome or are they just kind of like abstracted away to just like pure Really kind of give computational biologists just like linguistic data of the sequences.
1: Yeah. So I mean my understanding is that this is just um, you know, sort of exploring these sequences. But um, yeah, in the same way that you could use Chat GPT to generate a better prompt for like DALI to, to actually make a picture. Um, you know, you could use this as basically a sequential prompt for, you know, I'll fold or, or something might actually fold into protein, but at, from the article it seemed like it might have also been alluding to that as well you know, determining the you know structure from um you know, sequences so at the end of the day you know ai is being applied to sort of all these areas and in, in biology bioinformatics, structural biology
0: yeah definitely you know um i kind of have an anecdote um which is you know kind of separate from this like this you know ai in general where um i think uh, actually it was in preparation for our launch. Um, um you know we were trying to understand the mechanism of action of caffeine um and uh, you know steve had to do uh, a good amount of googling on exactly you know why caffeine is so energizing uh but like that question like is kind of like it's it's hard to get a s- summational uh summar, summarizonal i don't know su- summarize summarize white way, way. Summary, a summarized way? Yeah, a summary, I guess. It's just hard to get a summary of what, you know, only getting the, you know, mechani- like molecular three-dimensional mechanism of action in which, like, having it acts. And so, you know, I remember, Steve, you spent, like, quite a bit of time just, like, reading through various papers to try to understand it so that then we could tell our audience what was actually up. Um, and so I was actually trying to uh, understand um, a different mechanism of, of action for a different drug. And, like, I used GPT. Um, and like, you know, the, like the, the hard part is that these, um, language models are good at at making you think it's a good explanation without like, it's not, you know, you you need to actually yeah. double check, right. To make sure that it is indeed scientifically correct, the, like what they tell you. Um, and but I, at the end of the day, I did double check. It was a correct thing. And then I was able to actually load. You know, uh, like I think it was like a neurotransmitter uh, related question that I had. Um, and so I, you know, basically learned a new thing about neurotransmitters, specifically dopamine, uh, dopamine something transmitter, ZAT or something. And uh, and then I found a PDB that was associated with it, you know, because it led me down the correct rabbit hole. Uh, and then I loaded it up on in NAMM later and I got to check it out. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was like um really uh actually you know um for those uh that are familiar i was actually looking up nootropics and the difference between modafinil and adderall uh in terms of the mechanism of act uh, of action and how they differ um and so uh you know like everybody knows like Ad- or not everybody knows, but it's fairly common knowledge of like adderall is a stimulant, right it's kind of like a basically a light lighter meth uh but then in, um, with modafinil, it's actually uh, what's called a wakefulness agent, and for the longest time, I really didn't understand what a wakefulness agent was. Um, and so, I asked Chat GPT, you know, what is the difference between modafinil and Adderall, and then you, you know, not only summarize it in key points, but also to use metaphors. And so, basically, you know, uh, the answer that I got was like modafinil, instead of being a stimulant for these neurotransmitters um that produces more uh dopamine and serotonin uh it's a um it it, um inhibits the uptake of uh like the um uh these uh chemicals in neurotransmitters sorry i'm probably butchering this but basically i was able to understand better and now me recruiting it on a podcast is a whole different story but
1: um we'll we'll be our video about it uh. To retain it yeah i feel like watching the spatial recording you know is when i actually retain yeah. it it's like making it researching like great and then you watch it to to get a little refreshing like oh yeah like that makes sense you yeah know, it's nice to, to be able to go back
0: seriously i feel like i can explain caffeine's mechanism of action way better now because it's like a, a dirty drug uh which means that it, it just attaches to a bunch of different receptors and has a bunch of different effects um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, Right. um but yeah, anyways, uh, exciting stuff with AI and
1: you know, the the combination
0: of AI and, and XR. I think it's going to be really, really promising in the, in the coming yeah. years.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's going to be more and more AI out there, right? You know, AI with language, you know, one-dimensional things like voice and text. Um, you know, that's already doing great. Uh, the fact that it could also, you know, produce three-dimensional structures, including predicting protein structures, giving you new chemicals, predicting new scaffolds of where to start within a protein pocket. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going to keep getting uh, better and better, I, I think, as these AI tools just become uh, easier to use, right? And that's what Nanam's all about. Yeah. Um, up next is
0: a story about, uh, you know, quick update. Uh, the V47 for the Quest is now out. Um, so we usually don't cover, like, you know, um, like version updates per se for the Quest and whatnot, unless they're, like, fairly significant. I think this one is significant. Um, because, you know, I, I was actually talking to um, some meta folks and, like, they were asking, you know, what, what are things you'd like to see? Um, obviously, with no promises or anything like that, but, but you know, just as feedback, right, and, and, you know, one of the things that I said that I also read on one of the reviews, I believe it was by The Verge, was um, that there's just not enough uh, kind of baseline productivity, like, apps that are built in, you know, like, when the iPhone first launched, right, they had the stocks app, the weather app, things like that, right, and, like, you know, the MetaQuest Pro, I think it has the browser, but that's like it. And so, you know, I feel like there just could be way more like it's, you know, I would love to see a MetaQuest Pro default email app, right? Like what does that look like natively? Um, that's not just like an Android port. Um, I don't know, but I feel like, I mean, you know, they're pouring $10 billion a year uh, into their reality labs. I, I really hope that they can experiment with this kind of stuff. But anyways, all this is just uh, with v forty seven. They actually have support for background audio playback, and so now you can have, I believe, something like podcast. Uh, sorry, uh, uh, what's the word? Spotify up uh, while you're in the nano session. Um, you know, of course, you could have done that before with the nano uh, in-app browser, but now you could do it at the OS level, which I, I'm sure is slightly more optimized. Um, and so, uh, you know, that's super exciting. another thing, big thing is uh, you can now do mixed reality capture, first-person uh, point of view. Um, and you can uh, record it with the pass through footage, uh, which is also really exciting because that was a much much requested feature. You know, um, if you did try to do it without ODH or SideQuest, uh, you had a black screen. Now you actually can see real real life, uh, and then some kind of minor quality life things like you can see you know, your avatar mirror in the home on Meta Horizon Home now, uh, which is always nice. So um, yeah, I mean, all, other updates for sure are available. Link in the show notes. But um, yeah, Steve, what what'd you think of these uh, these updates?
1: Yeah, um, yeah, I think it's pretty cool to um, you know, be able to um, you know, capture in mixed reality and really like show people what you're saying. I think Pokemon Go was you know a pretty cool example of people being like, oh my god, like, mixed reality, and now you know, people could basically get the new version of that. Um, yeah, I know other you know headsets are, are leaning more into the picture taking aspect. I do feel like concept production is pretty fun in mixed um yeah you know, in terms of default apps i really want to see the calculator obviously you know i think calcflow is a, an amazing uh, graphing calculator but um shout out calcflow so, yeah you know it's um it's a default app that i think that you need for you know any operating system is, is a calculator it just makes sense having a three-dimensional graphing calculator is kind of like the best calculator you could have so um yeah i think that alongside me now i'm like you know general productivity apps yeah you're absolutely right. Um, yeah, VR is not about just gaming. It's great to game. It's fun to game. Exercise and entertainment's really great, too. But yeah, this is a, a new interface to, to deal with all the complex computational data that's out there on the Internet and you know, within what we've discovered mathematically and scientifically. So I think it's a, it's a medium for um, yeah, really sharing and getting that type of information out there.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm just, I I really, you know, I I do think that it's like just the beginning of different productivity apps, um, you know, for uh, the MediCost Pro. And I think in the next year, I think we're going to hopefully see more of that. So um, can't wait. Um, And also, uh, Steve, any comments on the mixed reality capture with the uh,
1: color pass through now? Yeah, yeah, like I said, I I think it's great for um, showing people and sort of like giving people an idea of what, you know, VR is becoming you know with this reality pass-through capability um, yeah I feel like a lot of people don't like being enclosed from their surroundings but and you know, the great thing about the Quest Pro is that yeah you know, I'm looking at my office just kind of like you know in mixed reality right now and you know I could see through my peripherals and I could see what's ahead of me like feels very natural very light um, so yeah you know it really just depends if people on mixed reality or virtual reality but um, you know, being able to share what it feels like to be inside the digital world, I, I think, is really important. So, I think it's good that they have that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the next story. So, for those of you who don't know, I mean, which
0: I think is everybody except for Steve. But what I do every week for in preparation for the show is to uh, kind of Google, you know, like uh, one or two two things about uh, metaverse slash hardware uh one or two things about um you know some kind of science 3 uh you know like alphafold uh and then uh, one or two stories uh in regards to decentralized science um and um you know lately really there, there hasn't been a lot of news um on decentralized science but i did find it cool, uh, and you know if i had a guess based on what i went through and what i know from 2017 uh kind of. ICO uh, era. Uh, this looks like a paid uh, placement, but I did want to bring this up in case, you know, just uh, not investment advice. Looks cool. Uh, the headline did catch my eye, though, which is the um, uh, The future of crypto after the FTX fiasco. So, um, you know, it is interesting. I, I think, you know, kind of regardless of, uh, in this, this article is about Data, data Lake, uh, but regardless of Data Lake, um, just, you know, I, I do find it f- fascinating that uh, you know, this kind of DeFi being kind of like this neutral outlet, uh, that you know, because I think DeFi, like the yield farming, and interest rates, and all that kind of stuff, inextricably, even though technically it was central finance, you know, CFD that has you know gotten their pulled and all that kind of stuff and, and scammers and whatnot, but and DeFi has been fine, but I do think that DeFi, sorry, DeFi, DeFi has uh, is been tainted with a lot of the the scams, whereas DeFi to be re- fairly kind of, you know, neutral and or innocent uh, within, within a lot of, you know, the recent um, uh, when it comes to the scams and whatnot. Um, and so Data Lake is actually a company, um, uh, 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 Data Lake is creating a medical data donation system that aims to solve some of the biggest issues in medical science with the user consent, transparency, and equitable rewards as core pillars uh the system allows anyone to share the medical data with scientists providing uh researchers with data that is desperately needed to help find cures and new treatments for diseases um so you know really kind of uh, uh, interesting um it's it operates on the polygon blockchain um you know they, it looks like they are doing a token uh so it seems like you could you could potentially buy their tokens to participate um but and not not investment advice. In- yeah, this is not, this know, this is not
1: an official in, in endorsement. You know, I feel like, uh, you know, hey, people donating their medical device to some um, crypto company. I, I don't know. Again, I can own that. I'm not really sure. But you know what? They are doing something interesting. And the fact that it's not just, hey, put your money here to get more money back um, approach. And then it's actually like, hey, use your medical data to you know basically have uh, some sort of scientific endeavor um and then you know get paid in some sort of token you know it's, i feel like fundamentally things like that are going to be the future um but you know in terms of the side being a, a movement that people you know, sort of turn to um as people are you know, seeing all these scams and, and in other areas like you know what happened with the uh you know various exchanges that come and solve them in people's money um, you know, I, I, think that looking towards the real applications, right? Like how is this actually going to be beneficial to society and like what value can it create? So yeah, I'm, I'm excited for everything in December. Yep. Yeah, yeah,
0: Um, yeah, well, um, that's pretty much the, the three main stories for this week. Um, and, uh, you know, as we head into the holidays, uh, I'm sure there's going to be some trickling of news, but, uh, probably so next week, uh, we have a webinar, but the week after is going to be our uh, predictions episode, uh, or sorry, no, deep 2022 in in review and a 2023 predictions episode. So, um, and I believe those are kind of the, the last few episodes of the year. Um, so, yeah, can't wait to see you in those episodes, and uh, we'll see you then. Thanks, everyone,
1: and we'll see you in the sense metaverse.